Welcome to The Money Mavens, a podcast for the ambitious female business owner that loves money and desires to create a business and lifestyle up-level. With myself, Charlotte Balbier, multi-seven-figure brand builder, and my partner in success, Josie May, global six-figure business coach. Join us for all things business and lifestyle, combined with our strong opinions, a few naughty words, lots of fun, and a double dose of luxury. So pull up your seats at the success table with us, Charlotte and Josie, the Money Mavens. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Money Mavens. And we are super excited today to have an incredible guest, Amanda Perry. And Amanda is a business coach for ADHD founders. So welcome. Hiya. Thanks for asking me to come on. Oh, absolutely. So the reason we asked you is... Basically, we have noticed quite a lot lately that um, ADHD has been a lot more visible in, we work with women in business and we've noticed it's becoming a lot more visible for women in business. There's a lot more Mm. women stepping forward and saying they either think they've got ADHD or they've been diagnosed with ADHD. One of our clients recently was diagnosed with it. And I think what we've seen is that it looks like it was quite hidden in in girls and women and coming... um, it's coming up more so in adulthood. And we thought we just wanted to shine a bit of a light on it, really. We And mm-hmm. this since, is your expertise. Especially since one of yeah. my last, well, only literally in the past few weeks, has yeah. been diagnosed. And it's been such a light bulb moment for her in her personal yeah. life, in her business life. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? That, that realisation for people, especially when, I think when women are in their, like, late 30s early 40s you know there's a huge amount of gen z um women and girls being being diagnosed and they're at this stage in their life where it's this like celebration and there's all talk about unmasking and living your life and these huge revelations whereas i think when you're kind of late 30s in your 40s even in your 50s I know someone that was diagnosed in their 60s unmasking isn't really an option you're kind of who you are you know and so that revelation is is it's actually a, a very very heavy grief process of looking back and thinking god you know my life could have been so much different and then yeah once you it's only really once you come to terms with that that you can really harness the like all of the positives that come with ADHD yeah so tell us like about your journey like how how have you got to being a business coach for ADHD founders tell us a bit about you and your journey yeah so I got diagnosed in 2020 um towards the end of 2020 so at that time I had a marketing agency And during that first lockdown, so just before my diagnosis, we'd left the office in lockdown. There was five of us. When we returned to the office at the end of the year, there was nearly 40 of us. It was just crazy. The business had gone absolutely mental. We worked with um, e-commerce brands and and our, our hero service was Facebook ads. So it went absolutely crazy. Everyone was shopping online. And then, so I get get back to the office, I have this team of 40 and then I get my ADHD diagnosis and all of the things that I just thought I wasn't very good at, like managing people, being around a lot of people, 
kind of managing my emotions, dealing with um, being highly sensitive in an office of so many people, um, really, it really hit me that these aren't character flaws. This is like who I am. This is how I was born. And then that process is, it really is, you know, a very, very long, deep, quite quite a difficult journey. And it took me a couple of years to really come to terms with it and decide what I absolutely had to do. And I, I kind of left it a year too late, really. But I ended up selling the business because I had to commit to living a life. Now that I've been given this information, I had to commit to living a life that could focus on the positives of it you know I was putting myself in this I I called it like a pinball machine I was just being fired off from all these different triggers every day and it was just it was just impossible so I ended up selling the agency which you know turned over millions it was a great business but I sold it to focus on being working by myself in an office I did like a coaching um uh qualification like an accreditation so that I could really start to work with people but actually coaching's a bit it's kind of the wrong word I'm I'm more of a mentor I work with people on creating their own brain first business so understanding all of the things about ADHDs that are like common traits, but then the things specifically that work and don't work for them. And only by building their business around that can we focus on the stuff that really matters, which I know you girls focus on as well, which is making the money and like hitting the goals. And But if we don't, particularly for ADHD founders, if we don't address the brain stuff, you're just never going to get there. We're just living this cycle of burnout and overwhelm. Yeah. I find it really, really fascinating because it, as you're saying it, it's resonating so much. And I'm like, it's so true, you know. Yeah. Like, it's so, so true. And I find and and I find it really inspiring as well that you were really brave and made that decision to sell that business because that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's it huge. was huge. I mean, don't get me wrong, in full transparency, the business we'd we'd hit our peak in lockdown. The business was really tailing off, but it's a direct correlation with the fact that I was like, I just can't do this anymore. It's literally killing me and separating myself more and more from the business. Um, So we definitely weren't turning over millions when I sold it. And like I said, I left it far too long, but yeah, I, I just think, you know, you do only live once, don't you? Like once you know that your brain works in a certain way and it's not, it's not a character flaw. It's not something that you just need to improve on. Oh, if I, you know, if I just, maybe if I just create a plan in a different way, I'll be able to do it. Or maybe if I just write like my to-do list in a different way, I'll be able to to mm. do it. It's not that. We have to find ways that work for our brains, which isn't like my my saying is we don't do business their way. We do business our way. Like you just have mm. to find your own way of doing it and it's not about spreadsheets and forecasts and it's about just literally finding strategies that work for you whether that's post-it notes all over your screen or you know just scattered bits of paper all over your desk whatever it is that works for you you have to have the self-compassion and the confidence to call that your way 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you just do. A lot of people that have ADHD are better as leaders, better as being, because they're not, because I, I've often thought that maybe I've got ADHD, but I kind of think I bury my head in the sand a little bit about it and just mm-hmm. think, oh, I won't. I don't almost don't want to know kind of thing I don't know why um because I can't do anything I can't do anything where it involves me being around lots of people um I don't like any kind of structure spreadsheets but as far as I go as I've got in the corner here you can't see it I've got a board that I write on every day and then throws paper and then I throw the paper and it gets all stressed about (laughs) however yeah, won- maybe maybe we have a chat after yeah. this. <laughs> um, however, I've won really successful brands. I've built brands. You know, I'm, I'm really good at what I do, but a lot of it is ha- it has to be my way. I can't do it any other way. Um, or I have to have people that can back me up in the things that I'm not. Like Josie's brilliant at all the things. Why we work. One of the main reasons is because Josie's brilliant at the things that I can't do, and vice yeah, versa. Vice versa. I mean, and I've always needed that in any of the businesses that I've had. I've had to have people behind me, but I would then go and lock myself in a room and would be like, "Don't come and talk to me for a little while because I just can't cope." Yeah, I, I get overstimulated by total, people. total overwhelm. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So there's a brilliant book. I don't know if you've ever read it called um, Rocket Fuel by Gino Wickman and marks i've actually got it on my desk here we'll put um, the yeah, it's, we'll put the link in the bio yeah. but you guys have to read it so it's all about the the perfect dynamic for a business is a visionary and an integrator and they actually it's not an adhd book but he actually says in the book that most visionaries display traits of adhd so the visionary is the one who you know has the big ideas probably too many ideas has like all the has a lot of resilience like get get up and go does a lot of the business development <laughs> stuff and yeah. then the integrator is kind of the one sweeping up behind like not in a bad way but just attention to detail and actually making it happen and you know putting the the ideas into practice and executing essentially and it's just a really really he gives examples of you know Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak they were like visionary and integrator and the, uh, guys at Ford and like all all of these examples they give and it's so true that there are there are so many positives to ADHD oh, yeah, but you can only use the positives if you are understanding and forgiving of the negatives because I spent for years and years, like I've been in business 15 years and I've only been diagnosed for three of them. So for 12 years, 12 plus years, I was just beating myself up, hiding the fact I couldn't do certain things, falling out with people. My brother joined my business. We haven't spoken for 12 years because it, because it just, it was just so bad. And I was like trying to cover up for the things that I couldn't do and pretend I could do them like when I think back to some of the situations it was just so sad that I didn't have that understanding about myself so I'd sit in meetings like trying to pretend to be focused when I'm just thinking like what should I have for tea or oh I you know I've just had this idea right and I'm just like and it's exhausting and that's that my son's got autism and I've learned quite a lot about masking yeah autism and same thing you know trying to you know pretending to be like um 
everyone else in the room when you're different from the other people in the absolutely. room absolutely and absolutely it's, it's exhausting isn't it you, you kind it's, of is, um completely exhausting and that's what you're saying about being around people and it's that level of exhaustion where as women we are socialized as girls so people think of ADHD as little boys in a classroom you know naughty. rolling around the floor naughty, naughty little boys yeah sticking sticking scissors in plug holes and fighting and as girls you know we were, if we have ADHD we were born with it but as girls we're told to be a good girl you know do these jobs like we're we're socialized much we're socialized to be good essentially aren't yeah. we and so we internalize so much of our hyperactivity and so rather than when you look at a little boy ours turns into anxiety and overthinking and overstimulation and it's it's and when it's only once you understand that that you really start to see how their ADHD is actually exactly the same as our ADHD and always was. It's just that we were told that we had to behave in a different way for it to be acceptable. And I think even like, you know, looking back at the way those boys were treated, I used to work in social work and, you know, they were seen like as inverted commas, like the naughty boys. And actually they had ADHD. Mm. And, and, and I just think like, there's so much stigma from that time, particularly people around like we're- Our I'm, generation, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think our generation, like I'm 43, Charlotte's 45. Um, like from, you know, the school days from ours, it was kind of had this, and, and sort of people around say probably 38 to 50 or whatever, the stigma yeah. around ADHD will be those memories of the kids at school, the boys at school that got diagnosed or a bit later that then, you know and and like it was a bad thing and I suppose yeah. that's why there's so much probably fear around it or I think it's even more than that though I think it's that when I look back at school I don't remember anyone having ADHD you know so we went through a stage where maybe it's because I worked in social work I can remember yeah yeah you, so, yeah probably, Mine's different, probably yeah from being older yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, my sister's a teacher and I remember saying to her about I don't know 10 years ago like where's all this ADHD come from surely it's just video games and it was never around when we were kids like I'd never heard yeah. of it but it just wasn't diagnosed yeah you know when I think back to my like generations my nan definitely had it like my granddad I wouldn't be surprised if there was some autism or something there and so one of the reasons one of the things that gives me the the impetus to like continue to share this stuff and to shout it from the rooftops is that we'll never have to go through that again like we know now we'll never have to no one will ever have to live the first half of their life the way that I've had to live the first half of my life if we just keep talking about it and make it acceptable and help people to understand yeah, and that's amazing really isn't it like we look at it in that positive way and I think so many people have been misdiagnosed with anxiety and depression, depression and yeah. you know been put on antidepressants or anti and, and that's fine but if it's a misdiagnosis then you're just mm. masking you're masking the you're masking the symptoms and not going to the cause I people aren't yeah. how they could feel better and I think yeah you know that's what and it's doing. the wrong it's the wrong medication as well. If you're being medicated for depression and you're being given SSRIs, which are going to 
kind of numb your senses. That is not the medication you need to just turn your brain into the the amazing like piece of machinery that it is once you can embrace it. I had a really terrifying stat the other day that 75%, admittedly this was from 2021, but 75% of adults with ADHD up to, sorry, up to 75% of adults with ADHD, ADHD don't know they have it. Like when you think of all the people that do know they have it now, 75% of those adults still still thinking that they're just a bit stupid or lazy or maybe depressed or have anxiety. And they don't understand that it's literally the way that their brain is wired and it's a neurological condition that they were born with. Yeah, God, that's so sad. And I think the NHS, we're in the UK, all three of us are in the UK, like the NHS here. So my sister's suspects that she's got ADHD and you know she's gone through all the things and it really makes a lot of sense and I think she felt relief just learning about what these symptoms were she's gone to her GP and the waiting list to get any sort of support around it is ridiculous we're talking years to get any sort of up to eight eight ten years it can be uh, and I just think like the thing is, I suppose there's like, what would you advise if somebody does suspect that perhaps, because I suppose it, I don't know if a diagnosis would help or is them like, what would you, what would you advise for people? Because I know there's a lot of people that suspecting now, actually, you know, yeah. 75%. Already in this. Yeah. I'm yeah I've got it, you know. I think it's, it's, it, for me, I'm a huge advocate of, self-diagnosis slash self-realization whatever you want to call it I think that if you want medication and if you need the validation of someone saying to you yes it's ADHD then you pursue a diagnosis so your options for diagnosis are either to wait up to eight to ten years on the NHS there's a program called the right to choose which I don't know the up-to-date figures, but it used to be um, that it's it's a program where you have you have the option to choose where you get access. So if there's somewhere in the country where their waiting list is is shorter, you have the option to uh, be diagnosed through that. I've read about this because they do yeah. lots of things. It's not just yeah, no, no, it's any supposed yeah. to be in the UK. Yeah. And then your other option is to go private. So I I went private because of the waiting list, because I I could, which I understand is, you know, a massive privilege. It's around a thousand pounds, 800 to a thousand pounds. And then you're paying for private medication if you do go down the medication route. So that can be a hundred pounds a month. So even if you're diagnosed privately, you then don't you don't get the medication on the NHS. You have to pay private prescription. So the way it worked for me and the way it works for most people, but I don't want to speak for all no. companies or areas of the country. The way it worked for me was that diagnosis, I didn't go on medication to begin with, but when I decided to, you go through a tritation period with the private clinic, um, which for me, me was about three months so for those three months you're paying a private pharmacy which is about 100 pounds um until the clinic are happy that you're on the right dose the right medication you're happy with it then for 
for for me, I'm in Sheffield, so then they applied for shared care with my GP. So now I get medication through right. my GP. Right. Um, I don't know if it's the same yeah. for everyone. I know a lot of people have had that experience. Okay. But so that's sorry, so go on. The um the private then is that how do you go about even finding private for ADHD? Is it so did either of you see the Panorama programme? No. Okay. Watch the Panorama program. We'll put the link for that in, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was hugely controversial. So basically, this guy went to a psychiatrist for a uh, inverted commas proper diagnosis, which was like a four-hour assessment. And then in this half an hour program, 40-minute program, he went round all of the private because the NHS waiting list is so long all of these private clinics have sprung up that are doing ADHD diagnosis and are obviously making an absolute killing from it because it's supply and demand right it's just people need this help so Panorama set out to prove that they were misdiagnosing people and that they just diagnose anyone which was so unhelpful because what's the alternative you know you're gonna fucking wait 10 years like you just people are stuck between a rock and a hard place so following panorama there's a real um even people with a diagnosis it almost turned into like yeah but did you get a a proper diagnosis or was it from one of those companies Uh. so so there's there's loads of them i used adhd 360 I mean, I wouldn't particularly recommend them, but I've never heard anyone say, oh, like the clinic I went to were amazing. They're just churning through people. I feel like I feel like my diagnosis was thorough and I feel like I know that I have ADHD, like there's just no question. But I do I do understand that it's, you know, it's not an ideal situation and the NHS really do need to do something to to provide more support. You know, it's reminding me, I had IVF, um, what, six years ago and it was a bit like that. They, you couldn't get on, you couldn't get it through the NHS. There was that many loop walls I had to jump through. So then I went privately and I, we spent the best part £10,000. Oh, and it was the clinic were awful and it just feels a bit like that and but the thing yeah. is they've got you yeah so I've had, to have a yeah. baby and then you're so desperate yeah. to have a diagnosis on something like this and I feel like it's just so unfair and also playing on people when they're really vulnerable and they're really you know totally because after all of that I ended up getting pregnant naturally oh, did you? after being told That's that amazing. children by an ex X again in in experts you know they spend all that money and it's just yeah it's feeling like that for me and it's like that's why I was asking about like where would you go and where would it because it what I wouldn't want to do because I would definitely go and pay the thousand pounds and do it yeah and then get into that whole thing that I was in before I mean it is it is it does feel very similar. I know lots of people who've been through IVF and it's like, oh, this is how much it is. Oh, now you need to pay this for the medication and yeah. this for this and this for the visits. and the... Oh, it didn't work. Pay again. Yeah. 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 Then, oh, sorry. Yeah. And then you're <laughs> magically unfrozen and we've got this. And actually, it turns out you've got this diagnosis and you need medication. But honestly, what came, what started as a uh... £3,000 
consultation kind of thing ended up being ten thousand pounds. And some people, you know, remortgaged in their homes. And oh, I'm no. really, really privileged that we at the time, my husband and I, had that kind of money to to spend. But you know, I know it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I, what I, what I would say is that you have to go into it. I would say that the kind of decision flow chart is, do you want medication? If you want medication for it, then you will have to have some kind of diagnosis. Do you want to wait eight to 10 years or <laughs> find find out what it is in your area? Yeah. If not, I would go to a clinic. As I said, I used ADHD 360. At the time, I remember um booking paying getting an appointment the next day i know that now even the private clinics are like three or four months wait wait time which it feels ridiculous um so i don't know if there are some that are quicker it's changing all the time so i know there's like psychology uk or something like that there's loads of clinics just google it you'll find loads i would say if you don't sorry i would just say if you don't want medication if you're not bothered about it if you can find a way to use the like wealth of information that's online now the 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 people the specialists the experts to not necessarily get a diagnosis but find ways to support the ways that it um is like shows up negatively in your life then then I think that's a really valid way forward. I think self-diagnosis is, I'm a big advocate. I think if you've, no one who doesn't have autism or ADHD is spending years researching it online, yeah. you know? It's not even crossing my mind. Um, no, exactly. You know I mean, like, yeah. I know exactly. I don't have it. It's not even crossing yeah. my mind. Like, I, there's people, you know, in my life that have, have I can see, that they've told me and I can see. Actually, a friend of mine who lives in the US, she's, um, got diagnosed I think about 10 years ago she's an attorney she got diagnosed and she said the first time she took the medication she was like wow is this how other people feel yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know people people have like that first day of medication people are just just in tears of oh my god is this like my mind's just quiet for the first time ever and I can actually I remember taking it and I don't know about you girls, but uh, you know, I lived. I I I've been to clubs and I've done a visa <laughs> and all. You've that. taken a few things I've, in the past. I've, yeah. I've, I've lived a life. So yeah, we hear, I was you. We hear you. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, we've been there. I was, like, <laughs> I was like taking this thing, thinking, oh, like what's going to happen? You know, am I going to feel it? And I'm going to be like dancing to car alarms or something. But I was just. <laughs> I was just I was just sat there writing a blog. I was sat next to my husband. I was sat there and about an hour and a half I looked up later I looked up and I went I was like I've just finished this and I haven't been toggling between that and emails. I haven't been picking up my phone. I hadn't been, you know, checking Instagram. I had I'd literally just had my head down and I was like I think they're working. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is it. Like this focus and this calm mind and just yeah. I think if 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 you do want to go down the medication route, then you know a a, a diagnosis is is obviously necessary. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, obviously, when you decided to sell your 
the business because it sounds like you just couldn't handle it anymore so you sold yeah. it how did you then move into supporting ADHD founders with business like was it a simple shift did it obviously make sense but like how did you it's kind of what I mean even in even when I had the agency a lot of the work that I was doing was working with founders on you know we were doing their marketing but a lot of the stuff I was doing was working with them on not necessarily like mindset but just how are we going to do this like strategy strategy. and Mm -hmm. looking at all of that stuff so it's kind of just a shift from that like that's still what I'm doing it's just that now I do it with ADHD founders um so yeah it's not it's not the huge shift that I thought it was going to be I had a huge uh resistance for ages to just talk about ADHD stuff online even though I really wanted to I was just like do I really want to be the ADHD you know that ADHD person um but I I realized once I started just sharing stuff about ADHD my account just grew massively and it's just not that it's just about following numbers, but it's just really helping a lot of people. So, you know, the more the more kind of pos- positive feedback I got, the more I realised that that was the niche that really, really needed the help. So now I do. I help founders. I'm just about to launch my podcast, just about to write a book. Um, I do like corporate workshops and stuff like that as well. I'm hugely passionate about changing the conversation about ADHD or opening up the conversation in workplaces yeah because that that statistic about 75% of people not knowing they have it when you think about how that impacts the workplace just from a business point of view from a very selfish business owner point of view you've got people who are masking that they can't do things that are struggling to keep up with their workload that are expected to sit at their desk for eight hours a day when all they want to do is like you know hyper focus for three hours and then be out of there like let me just do my whole day's work in three hours and then get the hell out you know if we can really understand that and provide the accommodations that people need without it being like oh you know ADHD or oh they're saying they've got this they've got that the the impact on the workplace the economy everything around it would just be massive definitely and for the business owner because they're going to get the best from their team which is exactly what you want as a business owner. yeah you yeah. want to work in a way that's going to get the best results Outcome. for everybody yeah, yeah. and the efficiencies like the way our brain sees efficiencies like no other that's why people think we're lazy we'll see you know we'll see the a to z before anyone's got to be like we're there you know we can create these efficiencies in business we can create better processes better systems we might not be able to follow them but we can create them tell us about the superpowers of ADHD then like what obviously that's one of them like can can sort of like visionary is it like I always think creatives I always think that everyone I know who suspects ADHD or has ADHD is very creative in some way or other um, yeah, is that, is I think that a thing or yeah, definitely. So that there's another stat which is that up to fifty percent of founders have ADHD or recognise ADHD traits. 
And I think that's where the difference between like the founder and kind of CEO role comes in mm. as well, where the founder is, you know, the face, the one that starts stuff. We're really innovative. We're highly resilient because we've had to be because, you know, we start so many things that don't go anywhere. We are, yeah, super creative, intuitive, like all of this stuff. We're, we're massive, massive risk takers. We're laughing. Like, we're... You're, you're describing <laughs> me and Josie's like looking at me and I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> Here's your diagnosis. Yeah. Um, yeah, massive risk takers. Like we are, which is why we need that balance. We need someone who is a bit more risk averse that will say, hang on a minute it's a great idea but let's actually look at like once you've bought the domain name and set up the new instagram are you really going to want to carry on doing this work or see this idea through um because i know from working with adhd founders we have a graveyard of domain names instagram accounts <laughs> like all of these things that we're like this this dopamine where we set set the initial thing up and then it just dies a death um, so they're all the positives. I think people get really upset when you use the term superpower. I use that term all the time. I feel like it's a huge, huge superpower for me. Yeah. But there is also the other side where it is it is classed as a disability. Yeah. So there are people who, and this is where privilege often comes into the conversation because there are people for whom it is definitely not a superpower. But I think when we talk about it specifically in a business setting, which is how I talk about it, it's a massive superpower, but only if you understand and mitigate for the bits that aren't. Like the bits, if you can just focus on the bits that you're amazing at and you know that the bits that you fall short on are covered by someone else, yeah. I mean, that that's the dream. That's just a dream. I suppose if you think about it, it can make life very difficult. And I know like speaking to people in the past, like doing things like if if something's different, if something's gone wrong and you need to fill in a form or phone oh, somebody in their forms. Like form. You know, like <laughs> just, just even talking about it makes me feel yeah. I, my speaker, my sister, because I asked her because she would say something about it, and I said, Did you go to the GP? And she said, Yeah, but the GP gave me this form to fill out. And I said, Have you filled in the, about three months ago? I went, I said, she said, I said, Have you filled in the form? And she went, no, I haven't filled in. And I was oh, like, okay. No. I said to her, let me know and I'll fill in the form for you. We'll sort it out. But I think yeah. things like that. Josie does a lot of things for me. Yeah. That I can't. Like for me, I'm like, just fill in the damn form. I'll fill it in. Like I, my brain yeah. works very differently and I get my brain yeah. differently. And I think for like, if, if you're in any sort of pickle or you haven't got a business and you've got a job and people are telling you what to do and you've got a form to fill in and you've got to follow this process and yeah. it just becomes like, so then it doesn't feel like a superpower. It just feels like a disability, yeah. But, but because so you're, just, you're not able to... Yeah. yeah. I've always been a bit stupid. Sorry, getting all the... Yeah, no, no, no. No, no like, fine. I've always... When I was younger, not so much now, but definitely when I was at school, um, I always was told that I was, you know, stupid. I was put in special classes and segregated yeah. and all that kind of stuff. What it did for me was it made me very resilient. I am very resilient. Yeah. And I'm also very determined and tenacious. So yeah. I couldn't do it. The more I was like, I'll find my way to do it. Yeah. And um, I've built things in just in the way that, you know, how I want to do it. Yeah. But 
um I can imagine for a lot of people that isn't the case it can really no and I do you know I make it sound like it's all been dead easy I do have a lot of insecurities and it's it comes out in me in different ways um because it stays with you and sometimes the simplest things like a form and I think god you can run a million pound business but you can't fill in a form why like and then you like beat yourself up about it yeah it's just the way that we are and it is and that's why we have to have these conversations because you think of all the people like you saying you know in the workplace if you're covering that stuff up every day imagine the the superpower bit that you're not allowing to shine like you're spending all your time focusing on I should be able to do this spreadsheet or I should be able to follow this simple task or I should be able to remember those verbal instructions that were just given to me. No chance, you know. I grew up with this sense of I I was sure I would end up in prison one day through no fault of my own just because I'd read a form wrong, I'd filled out a form wrong or I, I make up, I used to make up my national insurance number because I didn't know what it was. I would just make it up in a form. I didn't realise that it was, like, that important. And I was sure. <laughs> I was like, it definitely starts with JM and it ends with an A. But I, the numbers, in, I, I knew the numbers, but they were always in a different order. And I was sure that I'd end up in prison because I just hadn't read, like, a, like a contracts. And the, we were talking about cars earlier, the thought of handing my car back in. I know that they're going to be like, well, there's, you know, £10,000 for this or yeah. my husband does all of that stuff. And it's not, you know, you have to get over that um, internalised, I'm stupid, mm-hmm. because you have to let people help you because the bits that they do for you, you do for them in spades. It's just in different areas. It's just, you know, we value different areas of of life or business don't we all abilities and I think it's just like you need those the people like those the visionaries the risk takers 100% the one that you know we get back up again you need that and then you need the person that can come behind you and like you say sweeping it up because you're like a whirlwind and you kind of like you come in and it's like this this, isn't this but I know yeah but then I have to like turn around and say to the everyone because I'm I'm really good at organizing people but I don't actually want to do any of the work myself yeah yeah I'm being lazy it's just because I'm like that's not the use use of my time I know I you say about getting hyper focused I can get hyper focused I was hyper focused the last two days but then I've been exhausted I yeah really, that's and that's where you need to keep it in check mm-hmm. and that and that's all literally all part of understanding it people think Hyperfocus is brilliant. Oh, I did I did like a week's worth of work in a day. Yeah. Brilliant. Now you won't get anything done for two weeks. You yeah. know, what's the what's the benefit of that? Well, stay up all really... night. I know like my sister yeah. will be like, she'll be like, Yeah, like procrastinating, procrastinate, and then be like in the zone and up all night. But then you've got to get up in the morning and it's yeah, it's exhausting, isn't it? And it I'm is, like... it's really damaging. It's really, really bad for your nervous system, you know. So I think going back to that that tenacity we have and that like fuck you you know I'll show you I can do this like 
so many, you know, so many founder stories where they're saying, oh, my teacher told me I'd never amount to anything. Well, look at me now, like I've done it. Mm. And, and there is that drive that, that harnessed in the right way, because your whole life shouldn't just be about proving yourself to someone that said something yeah. to you when you were 10, should it? But harnessed in the right way, that tenacity and that drive can just be so powerful in business. And that's where I think that anyone who doesn't see ADHD as a superpower of sorts or recognize that there are superpowers with it with having ADHD I I I think they're just missing a huge trick because employment is really hard for neurodivergent people so there's a huge huge percentage of us who are self-employed or who are founders leaders you know and so to really tap into that superpower is just so it's it's the key to success for me it really is absolute key how different do you find that when you work with people kind of like when they start putting strategies in place or accepting parts or making their work day fit for them instead of how they've been taught how for it to fit or whatever like what how does it feel different how does life feel different business feel different I think that there's a huge part of it that's about permission because everyone you'll know this you'll get this with your clients I speak to people and they're like oh I did this course and I thought that was going to happen. It didn't happen. And then I worked with this person and they promised me this and this didn't happen. And it's like full of all these shoulds. Like I'm, I know I should be doing it this way. And so and so I should be batch creating content and I should be able to stick to this scheduler. And and when you dig down to it, you're like, where, like, where do these shoulds come from? Mm. And they've been paying these people who don't understand the ADHD brain. So they're saying, you know, this is how I run my business through this spreadsheet, and we forecast, and we I run this P and L, and I have a, a a sauna that I run all my projects through, and our brains just don't work like that. Like I can't think of anything worse than having to work through a project in a sauna. My notes app is my best friend. You know, my I have an A three desk pad and my notes app, and I'm good. So that is the biggest difference like giving them permission to do things their way and and using batch creating content as an example because everyone thinks i'm failing with content because i'm not batch creating like i'm wasting so much time our brains generally very generally struggle to batch create content because we want to feel like we're talking about something we care about. And if I batch create a month's worth of content, I won't remember what I've created, much less want to post it or want to engage with it. So I create every day and having those conversations with people and just giving them that like really tangible understanding of, oh, so I don't have to do it that way to be successful or efficient or productive you know productivity like is such a burden for people with ADHD because they feel that if they're not doing things in their own way which aren't always the best use of time then they're not being productive so yes it's it's a massive piece around permission and just really understanding so this is a good insight so the ADHD brain is our key motivators are um, uh, innovation, 
uh no it's not it's somebody <laughs> interest novelty <laughs> competition and urgency in incu okay. so so really understanding that and playing to people's key motivators within that mine's urgency i used to beat myself up all the time because i give myself a week to do a project and i'd do it the night before it was due in fair, you know, I, even, I love it yeah, like, yeah exactly it. there's nothing so better than a bit of a bit of like time like my uni for, uh, for both my masters and my, my thing i've literally did it in the last few days You're very quick yeah yeah to work very quick so. yeah i like pulling but, that, and... but that's the key yeah. isn't it like yeah. understand for anyone you know i think yeah. anyone should understand this about themselves but especially adhd people that's would we would hold huge shame about the fact why can't i just do like an hour a day for a week, it would be so much easier. Yeah. You know, so understanding day. that. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly it is, but if it's not, it's not. Like, it could if be it's better. not for you, yeah. yeah, exactly. But you'll you'll know within small business or within with businesses, there's such a huge amount of there's so much noise, isn't there? Everyone thinks that they're doing something wrong. If sales are slow, they think it's their fault. When you add ADHD into that it becomes this like just absolute shame spiral that is just just really really unhelpful so i think yeah un really digging into what how they want to work and when i think about myself taking myself out of i've always had businesses with teams but i've never been happier working on my own now so even looking at that environment piece like where do you do the best work who do you do the best work with how do you do the best work, you know, and then understanding that and then putting strategies in place to make sure that they're just focusing on the bit that they should be focusing on. I can imagine. I just think like somebody understanding as well must be a big relief because most people don't understand. So having someone understand, I think. Well, it's acceptance, isn't it? And like, yeah. And um, not feeling that you're wrong. And yeah, the, you know, there's something yeah. wrong with you, and it's like, yeah. yeah. And I think it's come with age because as I've got older, especially since I've had my child and stuff, it's I've become a lot like less hard on myself because I can be yeah hard on myself, very bad, mm. you know. And I think as I've got into my forties, I've kind of accepted who I am. And yeah, I'm feeling a lot more okay with it, but I wish that I could go back and tell 14 year old or whatever age me that because I had so much shame and yeah I would never do anything I just was yeah. like what am I gonna do like I just because you believe what people tell you you internalize it you believe yeah I yeah uh, for anything I was bottom set for everything apart from drama I except excelled at drama um, yes yeah, <laughs> I was just like what what am I what am I gonna do like you know yeah. and um but it turns out it was you know I, I managed to kind of harness those like and I agree they are superpowers in different ways but I remember feeling really sad and really like left out and stupid it's really lonely yeah, it's I such a lonely thing I'm yeah stupid I'm just no yeah it's I always I never knew why but I always used to love that quote that has been attributed to Einstein but apparently wasn't him that is everyone's a genius but if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree you'll always think it's stupid yeah. and it's so true isn't it the amount of people you see in 
the wrong job who are just like, oh, I'm shit, everything. But when you talk to them, they love like, I don't know, numbers or data or draw or whatever it is. Yeah. And they're just in completely the wrong setting. Everybody thinks that's in, aren't they? Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. But it's finding it, isn't it? And, yeah. and it's the idea that, you know, if you are that fish trying to climb a tree, you you are always going to feel stupid. If you're someone with ADHD who is always trying to shame squeeze themselves into, you know, doing a spreadsheet or doing the stuff that they hate or pretending that they don't hate it or, you know, just kind of getting through and existing by just just completely burning out, focusing on the wrong stuff, you will always think you're stupid. Whereas if you don't have to do that and you can focus on the things that you are absolutely brilliant at, it just it can just change your life, completely change your life. I always think, like we started with this talking about like money, I always think, I look at the bottom line and I think, as long as we're making money, we're profitable, you know, we're doing it right. And it doesn't matter yeah. how we get, to, as long as we get to that point, because I've always been so focused on on that, you know, there are different ways of doing it. You know, some of those ways that we've talked about that work for the people do work for the people and they have a yeah. successful businesses and it's brilliant. Yeah. But for other people, it's doing it from a note on their phone or a note on their desk. And that person yeah. who's in a sauna and a this, that and the other would be like, oh my God. Yeah. How can you run a business like that? But I know some truly incredible business owners who are, you go into their office and I'm just, even I'm like, oh my God, how do you. Horrified, yeah. I call it raw dogging. I just say, like, I just like, (laughs) I just raw raw dog my way through. I'm literally, whichever thought in my brain is the loudest, which whoever's emailed me five times for a reply there's some days where it's them that's getting the response you know and there's other days where I have absolute clarity and I'll get a list down and I'll just hammer through it but it's it's about accepting the rough with the smooth and and also about understanding that our energy levels are so fluctuating some days we will be able to hyper focus and do eight hours work in two hours other days will be you know a potato sat in a chair just scrolling through Instagram and like that's that's all right to some extent you know I think being aware of it like I've had to tell Charlotte not to open emails and social media posts because you'll open them read them and then no response and then like months later we'll be like what we share our own email and then we share a joint one I have been banned from there. So <laughs> I'm not allowed. Because she'll open it and read it, but then like leave it. So leave you it think it's dealt with. And I yeah, think it's yeah. dealt with. Yeah. Um, and I was like, just scroll across and class it as unread. And she's like, yeah, I can't do that. I'll just not open it. Yeah, I, so, so now I know that I'm not allowed. And, you know, that's- but that's, that is such a great example of the visionary and integrator thing and how it works perfectly doesn't it because if you were if you were saying joseph you were saying what like why haven't you replied to these emails like will you stop doing this just rather than saying don't open them if you're saying reply to the emails they need replying to it's a completely different way of looking at it isn't it and it's just as easy to say i'll tell you what just don't open like i'll do this is my job this is my job we have our roles and we don't 
yeah. across we know what we know what they are and because yeah. they make sales. that's the best businesses isn't exactly. it having that clarity <laughs> well I learned it with my last business with my I've always had business partners and we were trying to do the same things and had to talk about everything and make a decision oh and it nowhere no we changed the way we did it and we literally doubled our turnover yeah you know and now I know that about you know I'm really self-aware and I know and when I met Josie I could see that she had a lot of the things that I love when I work with someone yeah. I knew straight away yeah she was like, oh. I was like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why the money mavens is doing really well because we've got this magic that we that we bring together so I feel and it's that yeah when I was trying to do it on my own because after I saw my last business I was on my own for a bit and I really struggled because I could see where I wanted to go and I knew to do it I was like I need that person and that team you know it's not just us we've got a team and I need that behind me but yeah it's so true I think that's it's a really good point as well about you know when I'm working with clients and one of the misconceptions about creating a business that works for your ADHD and works for your brain it all feels quite you know like a bit of a nice to have doesn't it but if you don't have either that integrator or the system set up to allow you to focus on the bits that are your superpower and are your gift you can be damn sure you're never going to hit those goals you're never going to make that money you know so it's not it's not a nice to have it's an essential to have if you don't have those things in place that are going to allow you to have the ideas and execute on the ideas and the system set up so that you're not spending time in the the tiny tasks and the admin and that kind of thing, then you are, you're just never going to hit those revenue goals. So it's not, yeah, it's not a nice to have. It's an essential to have to be able to make money, which is, is what it's all about. This isn't like fluffy stuff. Mm, um, no, great. Always looking at the bottom line. Always, would you recommend I, any apps or anything? I know recently um somebody had recommended an app that helped and I'd like shared it. Um, but is there anything that you use like that that are specific like um just trying to find the one that it was that it basically loads there's loads of apps and stuff. I use there's one that I use which is called AkiFlow which is like a planning app. And I, I like it because it's really visual. It's like a drag and drop. Yeah. So one of the weird things I have is I can't, I use Google Calendar. I hate it if it's too full. I hate it if it's busy. So, you know, some people use their Google Calendar and they'll put tasks in there and they'll put calls. Yeah. And if I see a full day, I'm just like, nope just completely switch off (laughs) yeah so I have my google calendar which has my calls in try and keep them to a minimum and then I use AccuFlow, which pulls in my google calendar so I can see which bits are blocked out but I use that for task planning so for me it that's a nice separation for me so I can look at AccuFlow, and it's not um it doesn't feel like my calendar it feels like a task planner so I that's the one that I'm using at the moment I've just found it, the one that was said, it said Brilli Routines, B-R-I-L-I, Habit Tracker, and it's based on the latest ADHD research. I don't know. I just saw somebody that I know shared it on Instagram, um, on Facebook and said it's really helping her. Um, so There's know. loads. I think yeah. it's, the, the, the thing is with anything like that, it's the same as for neurotypical people. 
whatever the thing that works is going to be the thing that you actually use isn't it yeah. you know we download all of these apps and these productivity and these books and all these things that are going to help us have notebooks coming out of our ass but unless you actually use it yeah and that's why so many people just revert back to the notes app because yeah. it's just there and it's easy I, easy i love notes app i love trello for some reason i just seem to but then you don't like it no i don't I like really it. like trello. yeah because it's visual yeah, yeah it's... it's easy and but i love i mean i'm old school just give me a really pretty notepad pad and a matching pen yeah Larry, you know. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm really happy, and I do yeah. look. I do love my board. I've got my board in the corner, and I do. Yeah, love a visual. I love a visual. Yeah, I love a big visual. Yeah. I think the other thing to note as well, and I know this is very similar with autism. Like, not everyone's the same. People are going to have different traits, yes. and like, it's not one box fits all. Like, you're just because you've got ADHD doesn't mean that you're going to have all the same traits and symptoms as somebody else because we all are individual and neurodiversity yeah. is that it's diverse isn't it and I think 100% 100% and that's yeah. that's why yeah sorry go on I was gonna say like I remember when my son got diagnosed he was quite young he was like six and that my mum was like but he gives eye contact and he gives cuddles and you know he did give eye contact and still does um but doesn't mean that he's he's not got um uh, autism no. is he had different different symptoms and like yeah people get an idea of what ADHD is just like they get an idea of what autism is and and then they say well they're not yeah yeah I mean autism I would say much more so you know I know my (laughs) yeah my nephew is my nephew is um was kind of non-verbal until he was five or six so he's really developing now he's doing so well but you know you look at that and you look at like um Christine McGuinness or you know people who have autism come out later in life it's it's it just doesn't look like the same thing at all does it (laughs) yeah I think it's really important though to understand that people with and this is why I prefer coaching one-to-one with people I think it is so personal you Mm. know you can come up with all these acronyms and all these kind of traits and matrices but at the end of the day everyone has different life circumstance different goals different businesses different brains so it is a very one-to-one thing I much prefer working with people one-to-one because you can you can really get into that stuff I bet yeah we're the same you don't get that something about having your eyes totally on someone's brain business yeah it's it's where the magic happens it's that totally definitely is all for anything no yeah no, definitely not. absolutely anything so we always this has been an incredible interview yeah, like thank you honestly we could talk to oh, you. That's um, great but te- what would you say your biggest piece of advice is we always ask our guests what's the biggest piece of advice for business owners and what's your biggest piece of advice for business owners um I think that it is biggest piece I mean I've got so much advice I think that you have to start with forgiveness and self-compassion which I know isn't tangible advice but there's so much as we've said you know looking back wishing things were different that internalized shame and the way that it comes out now 
you know the way that we go we like someone triggers us and we automatically go into like defense mode or whatever that is for you so I think really understanding it loads and loads of forgiveness self-compassion for the way that you acted or behaved when you didn't know any better you know there's things that I've done in business that I just think I I should not have done that but I look at it and I was so overwhelmed or I was so I was backed into a corner and I didn't understand myself so I think once you once you have that information about yourself you have that light bulb moment a you have to practice forgiveness and self-compassion but b you owe it to yourself to really really understand what that means for you so that the rest of your life doesn't look like the 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 past you know you can make those changes and you can like business doesn't have to be as hard as it can seem sometimes when you're trying to mask or or not aware of how your brain works I love that that's amazing advice great advice yeah anyone yeah life yeah because we you know we are so hard on ourselves and we don't yeah and it is and like you say it's not it's not something it's not easy but once you start to do it it's yeah it's 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 very freeing and like yeah really it is yeah we are going to put all your the ways to um follow you're quite active on instagram aren't yeah, you instagram Insta, yeah yeah so we'll put your instagram oh, on there you. links to your website any you know we'll put all of amanda's contact details and if you want to reach out to her or follow her then we'll put that all in the show notes thank you so much for coming on it has been thank you so good like honestly oh, so thank you i've loved thank it you. thanks for yeah thanks for opening up the conversation i really appreciate it you're welcome